With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fatback Four Daily. It is Thursday, it's the 29th of August, and um, yeah, the Champions League draw is being made today. We're going to go through that. We're going to go through any other random stuff you have for us, any other Liverpool news you have for us, anything at all, half an hour, you know the drill. Um, this is brought to you by Paddy Power. Um, Paddy Power is a bookies, uh, and is you can get their app. You can get it on Android. You can get it on your Apple devices. You can get it on all that sort of stuff. Um, if you like gambling, absolutely use Paddy Power, but gamble responsibly. If you don't like gambling, disregard everything I've said, it's cool. Um, what have we got tonight? Yeah, it's the Champions League draw, so here we go. Um, who have we brought with me? Are? I brought the main man with me. The main man is on, it's Andy Young. Um, Andy, how the hell are you? I'd say you're like, like a kid at Christmas with Champions League draws and all going on. Oh, we've had our field today, Gav, yeah. yeah. Happy days, book me, uh, book me flights and all. Book, book me, uh, book me boat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a big, a big dinghy out of Dublin Port, is it? Yeah, it's a fridge door with a uh, sales made out of ice. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, listen, if um, if anybody, if anybody wants to ask random questions tonight, is your absolute opportunity because Andy is the man when it comes to random situations, random questions. Anything like that, so get it in. North Red says good draw. Barry Carr is delighted that Andy is on. Super Al says hi, Gav. Um, Super Al messaged me earlier and said, did you see the face on the Napoli director when he seen he got Liverpool again? Uh, yeah, I did. He didn't look too impressed. Barry's asking, how's Andy? Andy, how are you? He wants to oh, know, how are you? Oh, very good. Very good. How are you, Barry? Barry, well, uh, Barry will come back now in a minute. Um, Dave's LSC chats is in the house, Andy. He says, Liverpool to be sponsored by 7-Up if we win the Champions League next season. Do you like that? <laughs> I love it, Dave. Oh, yeah, I love it too. 7-Up. 
Bevan, find out Doido. Find out Doido on all the advertising boards. Uh, <laughs> uh, old yeah. baby. Andy, Andy, what kind of, Andy, you need to lower down that telly you have on, by the way. Um, Andy, what kind of distance could you jump between buildings? Uh, how much of a run-up do you get? You can have as much of a run-up as you want. I'm going to say it's in New York. I'm going to say it's 20 stories high, but it's one of those New York buildings, you know, where it's really flat on top, and you do, you know when the films really jump yeah. off them and stuff like that. So, yeah, as much and of a chat as you want. As much and as then is the, is the level, like, are they the same height oh, exactly? Same height, same height. There's no messing, no messing. Mm. 12 foot oh 12 foot <laughs> I said 10 foot yeah I said 10 foot and Sean Sean Dunn laughed at me last night yeah well, what about um, I don't know like are you allowed to uh, kind of catch yourself and pull yourself up well, or do you have it, to land you don't have to land if, you just have to make it to the other side without killing yourself so if you want to jump and make say 14 feet and then you know you you kind of catch onto the side of the building. You've been watching too many films anyway. No, if it has a if it has one of that, like if it has a kind of a um like a, a parapet wall, then right. I think I get toward yeah twelve or thirteen feet. But if it, if it's if you have to land on your foot, yeah, probably closer to ten. Right. Okay. So you, me and you were doing ten foot easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Good. Right. Um. Someone's uh. Super Al says seriously though. Good. Great draw. I'm gonna go through it. Uh, Chris Back reckons ten foot as well. Um. North Red wants to know how Chelsea got into pot one. They got into it by winning the UA the UA for Europa Cup. Uh. That's how they got in there. Uh. Origi goes back to gangster Super Al. I think he started there. Imagine he scores. Did he start there? Good man. If you know that. Um. Andy Barry says that you can catch the fire escape. Waha. Good one. Hey. Good one. Uh. <laughs> Badoom boom. Um, right, Andy, listen, the draw. I'm going to go through what, most of the groups because I thought some of them are pathetic. But the, the draw itself, um, Liverpool get Napoli again, uh, Red Bull, Salzburg and Genk. Um, when Napoli came out, I thought, do you know what, here we go. We're going to get the best team from each pot here and we're going to be screwed. Um, but overall, what's your, what's your feelings? You know? Yeah, it's a good draw. I mean, it's like it's good to be back in part one now and we basically swapped um, PSG for... Genk or Salzburg. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you can, I know we can through the PSG games last year and all that, but it would have took an awful lot more out of players. Like, you would hope that Klopp can be a little bit more selective about his team and kind of look forward to the next fixture as opposed to playing against PSG and having a massive game then at the weekend. So, no, I mean, all good. Yeah, happy days. I don't think we could have wished for much more. Napoli's going to be tricky, but you, you can afford to drop a couple of points in the Champions League, as we've seen last year. Well, I, we're, we're away to Napoli in the fourth game, um, if I remember right. I think we're away to Napoli in the fourth game. Um, but I don't think that's a bad start. Get your hardest game out of the way first. Come away come away there with a draw or a win, and you're absolutely on the road. But or the way I always look at Andy, win your three home games, get a draw away from home, and you're through. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. if you're looking at Genk, um, Red Bull, Salzburg, I know Red Bull, Salzburg spend a fair bit of money, but to me they feel like a feeder club to, to Red Bull Leipzig, you know, and then the players seem to move on from there. But you, you wouldn't have any fears over this group really, would you? No, no. We should be coming through that group. Like, I mean, I know you look at City's group and you see how, how handy they've got it and you, you'd love that. But look, I don't know. It's always nice to have a big game in the group stages anyway. And uh, Nap- Napoli's going to give us that again. So, no. I mean, 
Not you. I don't think you're going to wish for much more. No, either the way. I think, um, you, you know, like, looking at that group, like some, somebody says there, um, John O says it's a great draw because we can rotate our squad a, a bit against Salzburg and Genk. I think you could in the, in the you know, I think Genk is the club we have back-to-back, isn't it? Um, just Yeah, it will yeah. be. Sal- Salzburg at home uh, on the 2nd of October, so then that must mean that uh, Genk's in the middle. Genk's in the middle, yes. Did they change that? No. no, did they no, change no. it at one stage and then change it back? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it looks the way that that's why it's panned now. Yeah, no, that's that's the, that's the way it looks. All right, um, like I just I just think there we should be going and beating Gang twice. Um, you beat Salzburg at home and draw away, and Napoli doesn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? And to be honest yeah. with you, coming out of a group force or second doesn't really matter anymore when you look at you know who's left in the in the groups. Do you know what I mean? Like if you look at, at the City group, we will get onto it in a bit more detail. But if you look at the City group. Anyone comes out of that group and you get them, you're laughing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, we've seen we've seen in the past um, teams wishing to come second as well. So you, you just don't really know what way it's going to pan out. There's there's lots of groups groups of death, you know, so to speak. Hang on, I'm just actually looking at these um, fixtures here again. So it's not like it used to be where you start off with the same team and finish with them. No, so it's Napoli at home to Liverpool, right? And then you have Liverpool home to Salzburg, away yeah. to Genk, home to Genk, home to Napoli, away yeah. to Salzburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew there was a change. Remember, it was it used to be kind of done in total reverse. Yeah, they do. They, they, you'd have the back to back, and then you'd walk your way back to to Napoli. Would be in your last game. No, it's not like that. It's not yeah. like that. Like I know what you're I'm saying. Not... Napoli, Salzburg, Genk, Genk. You should really yeah. be Salzburg, Napoli, but they're kind of switched. Yeah, look, I think the objective is that and I remember saying it last year like you kind of hope with your two easy games in the middle that when you come through the second part of that that you're through and last year unfortunately we weren't because we we lost one of them away didn't we um we lost all our games away Andy yeah no the one the the, um, the middle one the the fucking oh the Red Star yeah Red Star we lost away there so that wasn't wasn't to be. So this time you just gotta hope that they can do that and take a bit of pressure off. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, looking, Napoli away, you go there. Just get off to get off to a start of some sort. You know what I mean? It's a tough place to go. You know we're very familiar with each other because of pre-season games and then twice in the Champions League last season. We are very familiar with each other. But listen, I don't hold any fear of any team in Europe, and I mean that. And I don't care if Barcelona go and get Neymar as well. I hold no fear of any side in Europe. You know, yeah. like you could see the reaction in Napoli, um, Red Bull, and you could see the reaction at Genk. I think they were a little bit excited by it. But everyone, yeah. want, nobody wanted to come near us, Andy, because no, you know, so. once we now the group stages are probably the place to catch us. But when you come out of groups, no one wants to get us because it just it's a head of steam we get up, and then it's yeah. just you know away we go. You know that kind of way. Yeah, look, sure. You know, we've got fans now who are longing to play Madrid and in, in the next like knockout round and and everything else. So that's that's how much things have changed. We're not we're not the team that's trying to dodge uh, opposition teams anymore. We want the big games. We want the big teams. We want to be all uh, all the best teams on the way to the final. And um, that's just that's just a very unique time. Uh, to support Liverpool and this just needs to be savoured now and you just need to enjoy every game yeah you absolutely do um, 
Super Al says, nice to see Alisson walking around at the Champions League draw. I hope he is back as soon as possible. I wanted to get on to those two. We'll come back to the other groups in, in a little bit. But I just want to get on to um, Alisson and, and Van Dijk were there, um, you know, representing Liverpool, I suppose. But they're to pick up awards as well. Alisson oh. gets goalkeeper of the season um, and fully deserved, you know. What a difference, Andy, you know, for, for the stuff we've gone through with goalkeepers over probably the last 10 years. They now have a goalkeeper, walks into the club, spends a season here, goalkeeper of the year, Champions League winner. He's just immense, this guy, isn't he? Like, And even when he's out not playing, I know we're talking about Adrian, but this guy is just immense. He's just like, look, just look at him walking around there, injured, picking up fucking awards. It's, it's mad, yeah. isn't it? Yes, but we had some of um, some fears, I suppose, with the lack of uh, communication about from Conor Klopp, and he didn't really say too many positive things about... Um, Allison coming back, it was like quite uh, up in the air. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't certain. But I don't think you go out to collect an award, you know, if there's some serious, you know, there's some serious underlying thing. So I think he's on schedule to come back, and that's great to see. I think it's a very, very positive sign to see him out there walking around, not on crutches, not on anything. Yeah, no, just walking around, not bothering him, and he's just yeah. he's amazing looking, isn't he? It's just. Uh, you know I mean, he's just, he's unbelievable. But, but like, he picks up that award and, and I think it's well-deserved. I don't think there was any kind of controversy over that or people throwing any other names really up. I thought he was, he was the outstanding goalkeeper in the Champions League. Thinking back to the saves, the likes against Napoli late yeah, in the game at Anfield. Napoli. You know, yeah, that was a defining moment. You know, we, we look again, we look at the, um, the semi-final against Barca and what happened there um, as our defining moments but I mean we could have easily gone out yeah. in the group stages only for that save at the very end and I mean that's what that's what a goalkeeper that status brings you and uh, you know going into the Champions League again with the with the confidence of having yeah, the you know player of the year full player of the year like not just defender of the year and your goalkeeper of the year it's incredible yeah no it really is like and, and you know, like, Adrian will do his best, but you want this keeper back as soon as you can, just because of the stature he is, you know. And listen, I don't care anyone says, when you're going through on goal and Alisson's in front of you and you're like, this fucker's the best in the world. You know what yeah. I mean? Where I have to be absolutely exact in where I put this ball. And it usually leads the fellas putting a wide or putting it too close to Alisson. But on to Van Dijk, he wins the, he wins the defender of the season. Um, and then I got a bit worried because they were... Fucking licking Ronaldo and Messi's arse for about ten minutes, forgetting mm. that forgetting that Van Dijk was there. But he he's in, he's announced as um he's announced as the player the the men's player of the of the season. Um and people are saying here on the chat, Andy, he's a shoe in now for the Ballon d'Or. Would you agree? Yeah, he should be up for consideration. It's not too often uh, the defender wins it, is it? No, it wouldn't be. Um, I mean, yeah, look. <laughs> There's no, there's no defender like him. I don't think we've seen a defender like him in a in a very long time. Certainly not for Liverpool. Um, certainly not in the Premier League. He just seems to be playing at a level above the professional sport. Like he's he's uh, the best of attackers are coming up against them, and they're not troubling him. He's swatting them away. He just looks like he just like he doesn't even look human the way he's playing football at the moment. He's at the absolute top of his game. So if they're ever going to reward a defender. You know, I think it's now, and yeah, he absolutely deserves it. There's no one that can touch him out there. Like, it just, just you know, there's certain times you look at players like, and, and Messi's been the standout one 
where they're just playing beyond their opponents. They're playing a different game to you. Yeah, else. like he's making a, you know, it's men against boys, and, you know, and he's coming up against a opposition, and it is like I'm always saying, it is like the kid that's playing with his dad, and uh, you know, <laughs> they just don't stand the chance, and it, that's that's how that's how good he is at the moment. Like we, we spoke about, you know, top centre backs playing you get the likes of Varane and Ramos and whoever, you know, you name it over the years, but there's been no one what well, I haven't seen anyone like him. You know, he's playing in the toughest league in the world in terms of how physical it can be and how fast paced it is and how little time you get on the ball. And he's just streets ahead above above everyone, so yeah, I'd be disappointed if he doesn't get the ball on door. He's the best Liverpool defender I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I can remember Liverpool from the first re- memories I have of Liverpool is probably the 86 Cup final. I was about four years of age, but it was always something that stuck in my head. You know that? when yeah. you, know, you know those years when it was on telly from nine in the morning? Yeah. You know, yeah. and my father was a Manchester United fan, so, but all the Cup final was a massive thing. You know, that kind of way. All my mother's side of the family were Liverpool fans, so it was just kind of Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. And watching Liverpool since probably 88 is when I can actually, 87, 88, I can actually remember things. Um, mm. He, for me, is the best defender I've ever seen play for Liverpool. And he's up there. <clears throat> and I know people say, oh, he's only at Liverpool 18 months or whatever he's at Liverpool. That sample size, 18 months, he's been exemplary. He, like, it's not like he's... It's not like in that 18 months he's been really, really good and he had a dodgy patch for a couple of weeks. He's been utterly flawless at yeah. Liverpool from the day he's arrived in and he's made a mockery of the money that's being paid for. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I mean, look, over the years, I, look, I don't, I'm not old enough to remember Hanson playing properly. Like, I believe he was beautiful to watch, like, week in, week out, and Lawrence and, and they were great. I just can't imagine they were as good. At all, and they they are two kind of greats up back there, and then of course Hippie and Carragher. But over the years, we used to kind of look and compare the likes of Hippie and Carragher with Terry and Rio and Vidic and you know all these players, and you used to try and convince yourself that you know we had one of the best around as well, or we had the best around in Hippie, but he had parts of his game that weren't, you know, he had weaknesses in his game, but you can't find a weakness in uh, Virgil van Dijk's game whatsoever. No. There is none. He has absolutely everything, the strength, the pace, the soil, you know, the reading of the game, he can score goals. He's just unbelievable. We have the best centre-back that's ever played in the Premier League right now, and there's there's no question about it. You can say <clears> that with absolute you, confidence. You'd put him down as the best centre half that's ever played in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. I just don't like I remember uh, Terry being so good and, and Rio and Vidic and all, but they just didn't look like they were playing at a different level to the rest of the you know Van Dijk just play you know them type of players who plays within themselves all the time. And yeah. it's very, very, very rare you look like they're stretched or are trying. Yeah. And and I suppose Rio would have been the closest to that, never going to ground, never caught out position and all that. But I think there's something about Van Dijk that just makes him that level above. Those. Yeah, Rio Ferdinand, John Terry for me was 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 a brilliant defender. He was he was tough. He was strong. I think he he wasn't the quickest in the world, but he put his head in anywhere to, to you know to prevent Chelsea from conceding. Vidic was a brilliant brilliant defender, but. I've seen him got got absolutely tormented by Torres in particular on three or four occasions 
Well, yeah. well Ferdinand had everything. He had the stature, he had the speed, he, he was good in the air, he was a good footballer. But I just think, when I look at Van Dijk, I think he has all that, but the, his reading of the game, his temperament, um, he doesn't care who he plays against. No. You know, he, he, he just, he doesn't care if he's playing against Mbappe, if it's Ronaldo, if it's Met. He does not care, you know. And he, he'd actually, instead of diving in and, and, and trying to preempt what players are going to do, He'll actually stand back and say, "Okay, you have the ball now. We're going to give you space. What are you going to do about it?" You know, yeah. he, he literally challenges the, some of the best forwards of world football to yeah. to, to, to beat him. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's just mad. It's it's it, it's just the way he carries on is just is outrageous for me. Um, yeah, like the only like, thing about him, I, I notice is uh, how how much he shows a player down the outside, as in he let them actually get ahead of them. Yeah, 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 and that that's what what that does is prevents the player from kind of turning back inside or playing um, a kind of reverse ball back across the box. So he cuts out that and then invites them to have only one option, but to try and get past them down on the outside or get to the byline. And then he has the legs to just make two or three strides, and he's in their way. He's so imposing. Um, I think it was in the final. Um, Son got away from him. And yeah, some some went to outrun him, and he just put the burners on and absolutely. Yeah, the burners on, and it actually looks. It just doesn't look human the way he's able to move. Yeah, well, quick, so yeah. the average the average fan will tell you he's been injected with all sorts. Um, yeah, every, um, every every Thursday lunchtime, you know. I hope, um, they, I hope they inject the rest of the team with whatever it is. Yeah, no, it's just like people are saying there. John says I don't think Rio had the power that VVD has. VVD is built like a fucking truck. He says, um, you know, it's. Ferdinand was, was very good, but Virgil van Dijk is a lot, lot better, says Maverick. You know, um, it's, it's just, it's, I just, I, when I'm watching him, I, I struggle to think, like, I'll put it to you this way, Andy. If I'm, if I'm a manager of a football team and I go out and I'm told, listen, the only way you're going to score today is if you can get the better of Virgil van Dijk, I find it very difficult for me to make a plausible argument that I could send a team out there and go, this is what you need to do against Virgil van Dijk. Because if you play it over the back, he'll run you. You know, if you play it in the feet, he'll stand up against you. If you want to play in the air, he'll, he'll go all day. You know, he's, it's just it's just phenomenal carry on. But and, and fair play to him. It's it's yeah. well deserved for not only not only the season gone. I think that since the day he walked into Liverpool, you know, late December when it was it was announced late December two thousand and seventeen. Um, I think he's just been absolutely phenomenal. And I think you know people say. Uh, you know, this player carries this team. He doesn't carry them, but he, he plays at a level that makes that demands that from everybody else around him. And if you don't play to that level, he'll fucking let you know about Andy. You know, I've seen him yeah. absolutely rip players apart just just for for the smallest of things. You know that kind mm. of way. He's yeah. he's, he's a nearly a perfectionist. Like I've seen, I've seen like to say say like a Lovren pass the ball to to Trent Alexander Alexander Arnold and the ball. Isn't quite enough in front of of Alexander Arnold from to run onto, and you'll see Van Dijk saying to Lavern, "That was wrong. What you done? You know, mm. kind of way. It's it's just mad. But look, yeah, it takes a very special player to be able to pick players up on those simple things, you know, because most players make those little errors. Van Dijk doesn't seem to do it. I mean, he's just probably playing at the top of his uh, his career now and probably 
the best we'll ever see him, I suppose. Uh, but it, it takes a very, very special player and a type of character that he can pick players up and things. And I just think it's brilliant that we have so many leaders on the pitch. You know, people call him for, you know, being the captain. He's answered them questions himself about how good of a, a captain Henderson is. But, um, the captain isn't just about having words with the other players in the team. And you need, you need to have players like that all over the pitch. You can, uh, who can say the right things at the right times to the players, and, and that's what we get from Van Dijk. He's so respected. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm just going to run through these groups. If anyone is watching on on, on uh, Twitter or Periscope, just share it to your timeline. If you're watching on YouTube, you're, you're more than welcome to watch along, uh, subscribe, hit the notification icon, all that sort of stuff. The more people we get in here, the more opinion we get, and, and that's all we're here for, um, to get as many people talking about Liverpool as we possibly can. Andy, I'm going to run through the groups, and what I want you to do is I just want to give me the top two about each group. Um, I'll try to remember them for when the, the groups are over and see how good do, well you do, okay? Group A, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid, Club Bruges, and Galatasaray. Sorry, what, what's, the, what's the question? Who, finished, who wins yeah, the groups? Give me the top two, yeah. Paris Saint-Germain. Real Madrid, Bruges, Galatasaray. PSG force Real Madrid second. Okay. Group B, Bayern Munich, Tottenham, Olympiacos, Red Star, Belgrade. Tottenham and Bayern. Okay. Tottenham force Bayern for second. Well, the top two seeds again in that one. Okay. Um, Group C, which is a fucking joke, Man City, Shakhtar Donetsk, Dynamo Zagreb and Atalanta. City and Atalanta. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, man, for the crack. Yeah, for the crack. Uh, group D, um, Juventus, Atletico, Borough, Leverkusen, Lo- Locomotive, Moscow. Yeah, go to the obvious again, Juve, yeah. and Atletico. Okay, um, Liverpool, Napoli, Salzburg, Genk, I presume you're going Liverpool, Napoli. Liverpool and uh, Salzburg. Okay, <laughs> Group F, Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund, Inter Milan, Slavia, Prague. Yeah, Barca, Dortmund. Okay. Uh, group G, Zenit, Benfica, Leon, Leipzig. That's a fucking awful group. Yeah. Leon and who was the top two seeds? Zenit and Benfica. Yeah, Benfica. Okay. And Group H, which is the Europa League fucking group, if in my opinion. Chelsea, Ajax, Valencia, Lille. Ajax and Lille. Ajax and Lille, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, it's, I just some of the groups that there are, for me are just mad. You know what I mean? Like that one, Zenit, Benfica, Leon, Leipzig. It's just outrageous. The Chelsea one is, is terrible. The City one is terrible. Then there's some decent ones in there. You know what I mean? But Liverpool, I presume you feel can win this again, Andy. But um, if I was to pick, if I was to give you another team to to pick along with them, who would you, who would you be picking along with them to be? Maybe finalists with them, I suppose. Um, depending on what happens at Spurs, I think Spurs will give it a good run again. Um, don't know how Barca and Real are going to fare out this season. The way they've been, they've kind of been sleeping a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I kind of fancy, kind of fancy Spurs to do well again. And see, I think it's going to be another. I think the English, an English team are going to win it again. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's going to be us, but yeah, I think City are gonna put everything. I just don't have it. Yeah, I just don't. I just really don't want to see City down and so. I'm kind of hoping that maybe Spurs could could fuck them up again. 
Okay. If anyone has any random questions for the last couple of minutes, send them in. I told you before, Andy's the main man when it comes to random questions. Um, Andy, I won't speak to you before the game on Saturday evening. So with all the guests this week, um, I have um, I've I've asked for a prediction on the Burnley game and how you feel it'll go. So I'll do the same with you. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be quite scaldy. Um, our hardest game so far this season, uh, and um, I think we'll I think we're going to get a clean sheet though. I think we're going to win one nil. One nil, okay. Yeah. Um, I've just Mick there says rumours Pochettino leaving Spurs. I've seen some about this earlier. And by the way, Mick, if you're still online and you're still watching, will you please send me a tweet to the LSE Day Trippers? Um, tweet me on at the LSE Day Trippers Twitter page. I have got a prize for you that I need to get to you. So if you can send me a DM or just send me a tweet, and um, because I, I couldn't find you last night on Twitter, but if you can send me a message, I'll absolutely sort that prize for you. Um. But this thing about Pochettino, this is off the back Andy of Trippier saying when he left, you know, it there was the what everything wasn't quite right behind the scenes. Do, do you think there's something going on there? Because it's a strange one. If there's rumours that he's gone, I I'm convinced United are, are are quite keen on him, and I think Madrid would be quite keen on him. But it's very strange times to be leaving yeah. with both of those clubs appointing managers in the last I think few it's months. Bit, yeah, I think it's a bit odd. Like I when. When United uh, made Ali permanent, I assume they um, they put the feelers out for Poch, and they assumed that going by the fact that they they didn't bring him in, that all was kind of okay for him for another season. Yeah. And uh, why is started as you say in the back of Trippier's comments? Um, I also notice uh, a lot of Spurs fans turning against him a little bit and starting to question a few yeah, things. Yeah, you, you mentioned that to me today. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe all isn't right. I think they're mad. Um, I know he hasn't won a trophy in his career, but he's the best, the absolute best they can hope for, wish for at the, at the moment. And Levy should be doing everything in his power to keep him happy there. Um, he gave him a few balls to spend this summer, so it would seem very, very strange that he would go now. So, look, I don't know, when you hear things aren't right at the club, you, you just wouldn't know what it is. It could be something personal. It could be just something he's not happy about that's sticking at him. Um, I don't think it would mean that he has another job lined up. I think if he had another jo- job lined up, that would have happened already. Hmm. So, um, yeah, there could be just a fallout there. It wouldn't be unlike someone to fall out with, with uh, the sports board. Yeah, no, it's just a strange one. Like, when, when, when I seen that the comments that supposedly Trippier came out with, I thought it was, you know, something's not right in the background there, you know, maybe the manager isn't getting what he wants out of players, or there's a bit of tension there, or he put everything into last season and it didn't happen to him, you know, it's, you know, I thought maybe something like that, but then when I seen, um, then when I seen, um, these things today, about, and again, rumours of stuff going on in the background, I'm wondering, has Pochettino had a fall now with the board? That you know, it's very hard to guess when when there's only a little bit. You know, um, you know, Chris Brack is saying maybe he wants a sabbatical like Klopp and has to recharge. I don't know. Maverick is is convinced that he's going to United. Now, listen, it wouldn't be beyond, beyond the realms of possibility, Andy, that he's you know, Solskjaer. Did he sign a three-year deal with United? I don't know what daily sign with them. I, I, I think it was three, and but I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, could it be something in that? Contract that if if the art if they wanted to replace him they could you know that kind of way because Solskjaer to me just comes along 
comes across to me as the sort of fella that if you know you're talking to jump, he'd say how high. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think with United, he was he was given the job because there was no one else available that fitted the profile. Um, if if Poch is going to United, uh, I mean, I I hope that this doesn't happen, but I think it would it would be advisable for him that he does take a bit of a sabbatical for a while. I think someone going into such a massive job like that, um, we've seen failures before. Uh, from doing that that they would take some time to prepare so if he's thinking he is going to United whether it's after Christmas or whether it's next summer yeah I mean it would make a bit of sense for him to go home you know relax and uh, get himself sorted for next season because it would be yeah I mean if he has a bad season with Spurs and the pressure's on and he's feeling it then the last thing he needs is you know Two weeks off, and then straight into manage uh, Man United. So, yeah, he wouldn't know. Yeah, Mick says there you can't see him going to United. The timing is wrong. It is. It's just strange for me because Madrid were looking for a manager. Um, United were looking for a manager because they would have just told Solskjaer to go away if they mm. if they had got Pochettino. And now, if these rumours are true, they could be actually harsh, right? But if they, if there's any truth in them, you're kind of looking going, hey, you know, they gave. They made Solskjaer permanent just before the end of the season, and Zidane, you know, the same. So, what are you at? Like, you know, they're going away. So, yeah, football's gone a bit mad, though, Gav. Like, nothing really surprised you anymore. Like, you know, it wouldn't be surprised me if United ripped up Solskjaer's contract, handed him 10 million, and told him to go away. Yeah, I would I, I would say he's on a bit, a little bit less than what they've had in all previous years, anyway. Mm. So, you know, I. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, John O'Dare says Poch is, is starting to turn into a bluffer. Had, had the excuse of no money for years, but he just signed two sixty million pound midfielders and setting on for thirty. No more excuses now. That's fair enough. That's a fair point, Andy. You know he did spend a lot of money and he spent it where he wanted to spend it. And he did come out last week and about circumstances and different things. I don't know what that is. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that's something to do with Harry Kane's fitness, and I also have a feeling it's something to do with Ericsson. And but they don't need. They, they fucking don't need Kane. Like he's unless there's pressure on him to play Kane. I mean, I mean, unless there's pressure from the board that you must play Kane, you know, he's England captain and all that bollocks that goes yeah. with when you're when you're managing in the Premier League, and he knows that the team is best suited without him at the moment. Like, um, they're a hell of a lot better when they have uh, to a fella um, playing through that didn't start in the final. Oh, Lucas Moura. Lucas Moura, like they were a hell of a lot better in uh, the previous rounds in the Champions League with that they're way more balanced and I was more concerned about them going with that side than playing Kane. Uh they're the way the the way the team has developed and evolved, they've talent all over the pitch, they're great at getting the players forward and the pace and I just think that Kane kinda of stagnates and they should have probably cashed in on him. I just think Kane is gradually becoming a penalty box striker rather than, you know, like a, a striker that uh, you know Gives a bit more to his team, like say a Firmino does, like you know, dropping off, being involved, things like that. You know, like I watched him against City, and I thought he was abysmal. You know, he looked like he he looks like he's, and I mean this, he looks like he's about three yards off the pace. You know, um, you know, uh, Paddy Paddy says a hundred percent there's pressure on him from above the play, Kane. Um, mm. uh, let me see, La- Kevin Sullivan says, lads, he lost twenty games last season. That's a fair point as well. You know, <laughs> no, that is a fair point. Yeah. You know, remember they were going on. They don't draw games for us. They don't. They were fucking. They lost a load of games, but they yeah. lost twenty games. You know what I mean? Like we lost 
five games or something all season in every competition or but something. They couldn't have lost 20 games, did they? They, they did. In all competitions, they lost 20 games. They had about 13 league defeats. Oh, and then, they, and then, so they didn't win a league game, the Champions League, about the fourth game. And they lost away to City. You know what I mean? When you add them all up, it's mad, like, you know? Yeah. But, um, it's just when you look at that. You look at that, does, does, do you know you'd even go in for him? Like, you know, or do, is that built up by the media and by the fans? And no, I think United love him. I think because the, player, the, the, the players he likes to bring in and the style of football, I think United love him. Yeah. But, um, look, we'll we leave it there. We've gone on too long, Andy. We're, we're, we're acting the bollocks now, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, that's, that's the Fatback 4 Daily. Nobody sent in a random question for Andy, which is absolutely and utterly appalling. Um, we should follow the club now. Um, <laughs> you know that's just outrageous listen um, it, before I go Andy thanks a million for joining me first of all yeah no father my pleasure okay and listen before I go um, there's a bit of a sad news tonight came out of Spain about Luis Enrique's daughter um, nine years of age passed away I think it was a brain tumor she had five year fight against this um, extremely sad news um, I've seen all over Twitter people offering their condolences we'd like to do the same you know Nobody look, you know, no matter who you are, you be in that position. I have a daughter myself at six, and the thoughts of her being nine and going through that is absolutely, um, is it's 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 horrendous to think of, it really is. So, yeah, it's so it's it's so shitty. Um, I I fucking find it hard to read stuff like that, you know, especially when you have kids and all like yourself. Um, it's just uh, it's just absolutely heartbreaking uh, for anybody, you know. It, it's normally when it kind of when it happens to somebody who's high profile, we we kind of see and notice these things and reflect on it. But it's happening every day, and it's uh, it's just absolutely horrible for um for anyone. And so I just wish anyone uh, that's going through with the you know, the best of best of luck and their treatment. Like there's an awful lot of um, Liverpool fans on uh, Twitter I know that the kids going through and yeah, uh, you know geez, my heart goes out to them absolutely and and just like you, you've seen the pictures there tonight of, of Lewis Enrique with his daughter and uh, a beautiful child and, and just to see something like that it's just it is heartbreaking especially yeah. you know when you look when like I put my six year old to bed and then came down and read that it's it's just not nice so we, we offer our condolences on that but um, look that's been the Fatback 4 Daily for um, Thursday the 29th of August um, I'll be back with you tomorrow at 10pm. Um, if you have any Liverpool news, views, anything like that, get get involved, get onto us on Twitter, I'll take a note of them and absolutely bring them up in the show. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks um, thanks to Andy for joining me. That's been it. That's been the Fatback 4 Daily. Good luck. Over and out. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.